This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? I'm fantastic. It is our second week deep into heart month, ladies and gentlemen, and boy, we're just going to keep the hits rolling because this is one of our many things that I love to do. Let's face it. I love to do everything that we do because if we hated anything that we did, why would we do it? Such is life. But today, we have part one of the Canadian wrestler bracket and my goodness yes. Cole I think uh, there's going to be a lot of hostility and a lot of like favoritism in this uh, bracket today because you know heart month is inspired by one man <laughs> one man only well, there there are three well four members of the heart family in this bracket so we could it, you know it, they're well represented in heart month um, so it's not just Brett it's not just Brett although everyone knows that we are Brett Hart homers he's our guy so uh, I feel like everyone's expecting this bracket to go one way or another, but that's why we bring in our third man. And today, our third man, uh, brand new to our show here today, but uh, not brand new to me and Ron. We go back 20 years with this gentleman. So Dave, the Tiger Man Smith, how are you today, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Pretty dang good. Pretty damn good. And I got to say, Dave... You know, I, I, I knew you as Davey the Magic Man Davidson. During my busiest time in wrestling, I think, like, when it comes to, like, going up and down the roads, I think I, I you're more involved than anybody. You, I remember, like, I remember, like, we drove to Arizona, and we came up with that whole Magic Man thing in a hotel room with, that night. With, with Barry Cuda. Yes, Barry Cuda as your freaking... <laughs> we were on a heart kick. Hey, it's heart month! Yes! Good old memories. But my goodness, yeah, I just got to say, I got a lot of great memories with you in the wrestling world. A lot of fun times, a lot of fun in-ring times against each other and uh, next to each other. And dare I say, there was a time period where in UWC, Cole's promotion, I think we had the, uh, one of the more controversial matches. Uh... <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, you got a chair thrown at you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, it was a brotherhood, man. You know, like, like you were my brother and you... You, you never stop being my brother, man. You know what I mean? Like, we lost connection and stuff like that. But I still love you. You know, I still love your family, you know. We, we hung out. We, we had sleepovers, man. You got me into Dio. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speaking of sleepovers, hey, can you just finish this sentence? Hey, is Carl there? Ass cream. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, tweet at Ron for your life for that explanation. So, since Dave is a new guest, and for our listeners, if we have new listeners to this, this is our first time, uh, we do these brackets about once a month or, or every other month we do a bracket. And, and some months we do a fantasy draft. This month, we are doing the greatest Canadian-born wrestlers of all time. So we have 32 wrestlers, male and females, this bracket, which is nice. 
We don't always include the ladies, but uh, this is a good one. And uh, we're just going to present a matchup, and then the three of us will ca will give our reasons and debate. We will each vote two out of three two out of three falls, uh, and the mo and your wrestler moves on. However, uh, if you are so just dead set on your wrestler getting through to the each round, we each have one Darso, as we call it, where you can demolish the vote, repossess the votes of the other people like a blacktop bully, and kick everyone to the curb and move your wrestler through to the next round. That's right. These brackets have no integrity, ladies and gentlemen, whatsoever, because this is fun, and that leads to better content. So, Dave, are you comfortable with the with the rules and my explanation here? I'm very comfortable. All right. We're ready to do this, ladies and gentlemen. So, the first match of the first round of the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time bracket, Brett the Hitman Hart, taking on his niece, Natalia Neidhart. Oh. So, Ronald, <laughs> who you got in this humdinger? Well, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I, I can see this taking place in the dungeon. Yes, this is a dungeon match. Like, right, a, right after breakfast. And, uh... <laughs> Thanks for coming, Natalia. You know, I think your sole purpose for being in this bracket is just being in close proximity to this family. And uh, I'm going to go with Bret Hart on this one. Well, for me, I, I just like to put Natty over a little bit because she's been with the company for a very long time. And she started before. So the, is our uh, truth. Yes. But she started before this woman's revolution and everything happened where we got all these, you know, really good workers in there. And, uh, her job as the only real trained, decent professional wrestler during the divas era was to wrestle all the divas that were models that got signed, you know, that didn't know what they were doing. And so she's been basically for the last 10 to 15 years putting up with being in the ring with the worst of the absolute worst wrestlers the world has ever seen and trying desperately to make them look decent and watching them get titles while she <laughs> just kept making them look good. So she got a little bit of the curse of being a good worker. Um, I really appreciate and respect everything she's done. But at the end of the day, Bret Hart is the best in-ring performer in the history of ever, in our opinion, well, in my opinion. So Bret Hart moving on over an Italian Neidhart. Dave. Natty. Um, she's completely underrated. Uh, she deserves a lot more than the E is giving her. Um, she's helping train Ronda Rousey. She trains a lot of other divas. She gives it her all. Bret Hart, man, he he put over Stone Cold Steve Austin when there was no Stone Cold Steve Austin. He uh, he built the WWE and the new generation. It's it, it's it's a no brainer. It's Natty. <laughs> all right. Well, well, it's a good start, but uh, two to one. So, Bret Hart moving on to the next round. Yeah, plus I'm more of a Lacey Evans guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it going to be like that the whole time, Ronald? <laughs> like what? Uh, all right. So, moving on. Second match of the first round. Now, this one is one of those where uh, I just wanted to visualize this match. Um, so, we've got Christian Cage or Christian, however you refer to him taking on one lance storm i'm gonna let dave go first this time oh, christian and lance storm who you got picture this 
a young Christian coming out in a goth getup, being brought out by Gangrel. You're Edge's brother. You're going to defeat him. That doesn't compare to the most amazing professional wrestler in Canada, Lance Storm. It's obviously Lance Storm. ECW original. Just fantastic. Uh, haven't seen a bad match from him. He carried RVD. He carried Just Incredible. It has to be Lance Storm. And I just, I just got to say, yeah, um, I mean, I'm an Attitude Era guy. That's where I, I grew up, and, like, that was the peak of my fandom, and Christian was all over that. And then he, like, even soared in uh, Ruthless Aggression, and he's part of, like, my favorite matches, tag team, uh, singles. His TNA run is fantastic. Uh, the the stuff that he's contributing to now is, is great. His big return at the Royal Rumble, although less than stellar than his counterpart for the year before, was still awesome. Uh but if I could be serious for a minute. <laughs> when it comes to the title of this bracket, the best Canadian wrestlers ever. You know, say what you want about his personality and his charisma. Bell to bell. You can't you don't get more smooth and more crisp than Lance Storm. And, you know, he's gone on to train some of the, you know, best wrestlers today. Um so yeah, for me, I gotta agree with you, buddy. Lance Storm is my guy out of these two. Uh, this is definitely, an, I, I think it's going to be an early round uh, upset here because Christian is not uh, Darso material here. Um, I, I, for one, um, everything you guys both said about Lance Storm is how I feel about both of these guys, really. Um, and Christian is just, I mean, there's no arguing. Uh, he's got a little more personality and, uh, you know, the mic skills are, are, are a little better than one Lance Storm. He's Captain Charisma. Yeah, he's definitely achieved a lot more as far as the business goes, you know, titles. He's been a world champion in multiple companies. Um, I think Christian is one of the greatest in-ring performers, bell to bell, that ever has been. But he also was kind of trapped in that Natalia spot where Christian was so good that his job was to make everyone else look good. Um, And so he didn't achieve the stardom of one edge. Um, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit, obviously. So um, Christian would get my vote, but uh, it's two to one. So Lance Storm moving on yes. to the next round in a, in, in a very early upset. Yeah, and Lance Storm definitely does not manage a dinosaur. There is that. There is that aspect to it. So uh, now here's the fun one, uh, because I'm probably the only one here who's gone back into the coffers of YouTubes and videotapes and watch Gene Kanitsky work. Um, he's fantastic. He's a former AWH world champion and NWA world champion uh, for several years. Uh, he, he was the one who passed the torch on to Dory Funk. So uh, I'm hoping that since he's matched up against Rick Martel, he has a shot. Um, but as we know, anybody that wrestled before 1988... Ron doesn't give a shit about, so it's going to come down to our guest. I'm going Gene Kanitsky over Rick the Model Martel. Uh, Ronald, who you got here? Yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't give a shit. It's just that I didn't live then, and I, I use them as historian, historical facts, and I don't pretend that I'm a big fan like you do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, I, I don't have a dog in this fight at all because I wasn't a, a model fan either. Uh, 
And you didn't see him as AWA World Heavyweight Champion either. No. I imagine. No, no. Like, w- once you break into the business, you know, as a fan with Dwight the Clown versus Double J, Jeff Jarrett, you tend to... <laughs> You tend to move forward on the cartoony side and don't really, don't really care about the realism beforehand. Um, All right. So I think out of these two, I'll just go with historical facts and probably the bigger star in the long run. I'll go with Gene as well. I'll agree with you, Cole. Oh, all right, Dave. Okay. So in order to really compare these two, you have to realize that the gap of the the years wrestling evolved so much and you know it, it's really not with the same horses or the same race um i remember reading in uh, i believe it was steven regal's book a uh, young rick martell driving with his t-tops and there was a car accident and there's fire and stuff like that and he jumps out and saves a dude out of the car. That's Rick Martel. Amazing person. Amazing athlete. Uh, probably top 20 wrestlers, in my opinion. I have to go Rick Martel, man. It's, would you call yeah. him a model citizen? I, I would, sir. I would, sir. That, thanks for that that w- lovely story about Rick Martel. That's a that's one a good one to hear. It's always nice to share and put guys over who are good guys. So I'm glad we're doing that today. And I love Rick Martel. Like especially if you go back, like he didn't have the greatest WWF run, and we all remember him as the model. But he did have a really good run with Tito Santana as his tag partner. Uh, Strike Force was a really yeah. awesome tag team. He was um, the blindfold he, match, wasn't he? He was the blindfold match with Jake. Uh, which is just, it's what I know people like talk shit about that blindfold match. But no, I loved like it. Watch it. It's brilliantly done. The psychology of the match is just is fantastic. Jake is at his absolute best in that match. Uh, being able to just tell stories and play with the crowd. That's that kind of thing. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, get... Listen to that crowd for that match and then go and listen to this uh, crowd at the last uh, Royal Rumble. Yeah, the, for any moment in the whole pay per view. <laughs> any crowd today. Yeah. Well, a- AEW, yeah, AEW gets crazy, but it it they're not they're not. It, it, if you go watch that that blindfold match, the crowd is into every movement that these guys are doing because they're telling the story and they're taking the time and and they're telling the story of the match that these two guys really can't see each other, and so you know when Jake's just like pointing his finger, you know, to different corners of the ring, and the crowd's letting him know, no, not there, not there. It's insane. And then you watch the Nowadays, you can't do that. You can't do that at all nowadays. Because there's too many smart-ass marks that just want, like, to get themselves over, and they're just going to say the most random shit. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. I do a show with one. So, um... So, uh, Dave, is this Darso material? I mean, you told a great story about Rick Martell saving somebody out of a car. Do you want to save him out of this out of this uh, round? This is a Darso, yeah. What? Darso. Oh, yo, already. Hit I'm the glad I asked. Well, I mean, hey, Cole, I tried to go old school for you, buddy. I tried to get Gene <laughs> past uh, past the '80s, but uh, it sounds like our model citizen of Rick Martell is moving on, and. Uh, 
Yeah, this one is a bit of an upset. I think more of an upset than Lance Storm beating Christian. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not as big of an upset for me. I thought for sure that uh, Rick Martel would be moving on. But then again, I forget that Ron, you know, didn't go watch old AWA either. So, uh, you know, Mar Martel's great. I got I, This is one of those I got no problem with it. I've, I've seen three Gene Kaniski matches in my life. Um, and, you know, great worker. He was the NWA champion. But, I mean, it does his level of athleticism and the stuff that Rick Martel was doing, there's no comparison. I like that you pushed so hard to get our guest uh, Darso removed so we don't have to worry about Bret Hart getting darso for the rest of this. <laughs> I mean, I had to ask. Strategy on your part. <laughs> oh, I, I, that wasn't even strategic. I had no idea he was going to darso him, but I felt it was, it was polite to ask. There you go. So, for the second bracket in a row, we have a first round Darso. So, that's fantastic. Rick Martell moving on. And he'll take on the winner of this match, Ivan Koloff and Dino Bravo. Ronald. I think, quickly, I think I'm just going to go with Dino Bravo. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> I don't even know why that's funny. <laughs> Just because in my mind, I was like, if Ron's seen one Ivan Koloff match, Ivan Koloff is in the final four of this just about, but he hasn't. It's so Dino Bravo. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly go Dino Bravo here. And really not even for anything in ring. I just loved watching his interviews on that fake Tonight Show with him and Vince. Oh, yes. They, they, those were entertaining. I will give you that. So, yeah, uh, I will. I will. Uh, so. Ivan Koloff for me is one of those like hidden gems in the wrestling business that nobody talks about that should be getting talked about on the level of like a Mr. Perfect ravishing Rick Rude. Um, Ivan Koloff dethroned Bruno San Martino's historic uh, title run and was still wrestling when ECW happened and he was still having good matches on ECW. Uh, Ivan Koloff is a great, like, next-level worker. His psychology is right up there with the likes of the Jake the Snakes of the world. And uh, even in his 50s, he was still bumping like a crazy person, even at ECW. And he fit in with that crowd and got over, which is insane. So He sounds uh, like Darso material for you. <laughs> no, maybe, actually. We got to see what Dave has to say here. But yeah, Ivan Koloff is one of my like uh, hidden gem, like top of my list guys that I love, and I've seen his work from multiple decades. He's great. So, Dave, what you got here? I gotta push this real fast. Dino Bravo is getting his own action figure from Hills and Faces Zomb uh, Zombie Sailor Toys, which looks fantastic. And if you guys don't know Zombie uh, Sailor Toys, uh, he's making. Uh, the people that didn't have the Hasbro wrestlers and Hasbro styles. Nice. And, and it's really amazing. Uh, like the first line's going to have Sabu, Dino Bravo, um, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers. He uh, actually is putting out the first Danhausen figure, which is nice. incredible. Uh, we got the Double J Hasbro style coming up with from the original blueprint from uh, the Cancel Wave. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You guys need to look that up. Um, look them up where, Dave? Sure. Yeah, get, Finish yeah, the plug. One more time, yes. Just look up Zombie Sailor on Instagram, and it's all there. Tremendous. Yeah, and I didn't get paid to say that. He probably doesn't even know I exist. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I literally wrote it down, and I'm going to Google that shit after this. I, yeah, I did it, see Matt Cardona and, and Brian Myers as a picture of their prototype, I do believe. Yeah, so. it's, it's amazing. And uh, the second wave's going to have uh, Andre the Giant. Nice. And, uh, okay, so Bravo, amazing in-ring talent. Uh, should he got pushed more? Absolutely. Um, the person standing his way, Paul Hogan, obviously. Um, Ivan Kolop, man, incredible talent, has a longevity. Um, hey, it's, this is like the hardest matchup. Like, I, I'm envious of Ron for not knowing these guys because, <laughs> because now I have to make the decision. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, like these two like Titans just going at it. I have to go with Kolop, man. That that history there, he's just incredible. You know, it's a family name. It's everything. It, it, it has to be Ivan Koloff, man. Well, Sweet. I'm glad we didn't piss Koloff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Now, this one's fun just because I, I think this could this is one of those buildups like where I'm I'm feature, I'm thinking about like the three week buildup, you know, month buildup to this first round match. And just the pure comedy gold that could be had here, as well as some serious, fantastic, serious wrestling. So they could go any way they want with this. But we've got Owen Hart taking on Eric Young. Ronald. I love it. I w- and I'm going with, like, 2006 Eric, Eric Young, like the yes. hilarious uh, Eric Young versus Owen Hart. Uh, but, you know say what you want about Eric Young and how great he was as far as like alleviating the seriousness in the, in the, the top guy area in TNA. Like he was, uh, he was like a breath of fresh air. He was like, he can go, but he was like super hilarious too. Like it was his, his comedy stuff wasn't like overbearing, but like Owen, Owen's notorious for like being funny and not letting the audience in on it. It's only to pop the guy in the ring. And I, I, I love hearing those stories about how he would just completely, purposely stink up the stink up the, the 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 match but like still have a decent match still <laughs> but uh yeah i mean heart month owen hart first round it's got to be owen dave i actually just recently saw eric young live in vegas a couple months ago uh during impact incredible performer he has a look but most of his good stuff is around when I wasn't really watching. You know, I uh, took the hiatus. And um, to put that with being against Owen Hart, what, what can't you say about Owen Hart? He's an incredible athlete. Uh, a lot of people actually put him above, above uh, Brett, which... Yeah, those sense. people are idiots, which is it's, fine. Moving it's on. a close race, hold <laughs> often. Um, the guy's... Was an incredible uh, performer. Um, he really got Shawn Michaels over. You know what I mean? One of the greatest performers of our time. Like, that's thanks to Owen Hart and, you know, those in your house matches and stuff. Um, Owen Hart gave a lot to the wrestling business and didn't really get a lot back, in my opinion. Um, well, I think he finally is now. Um, you know, his. AEW is doing a tournament with the yeah. Owen Hart Foundation and stuff, and he's finally getting. Re- I think the big part of him not getting the recognition he deserved over the last twenty years is just that, is that his right? wife 
Yeah, yeah. His yeah. wife doesn't want anything to do with WWF and or WWE, and I understand why. Is and I'm really glad that Dark Side of the Ring came out with that documentary because it was really nice to get the family's perspective and to get her reasons behind why you know because Owen would for sure be in the Hall of Fame and WWE would definitely be selling the shit out of his merchandise yeah. and, and DVDs and that. So it was really nice to get her side of the story, and now she's no longer the heel in the situation. So. Yeah, and he actually has an action figure coming out this year from AEW, which is yes. really awesome. I um, I'm really into action figures now, by the way. I don't, <laughs> I don't really own a lot, but I love hearing about them. <laughs> uh, but I have to go Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah, I think this is a queen, a clean sweep here. This will be the first clean sweep, actually. Um, I'm going Owen Hart for sure. I will say, like, I, for all the, <clears throat> like, I love Eric Young. Um, especially for me, I've been a fisherman my entire life, uh, and he did a fantastic fishing show uh, where they went out and did like, 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 uh, like extreme fishing where it wasn't like normal. How fishing. do you say that? I switched my boat. <laughs> so they did. There's there's this one river where where someone introduced these invasive species of fish. So like. Literally, as you're driving your boat, there's just hundreds of these fish jumping through the air, and they'll jump into the boat and jump off the boat. So the the way they fish is they put, like, baseball catcher's gear on, and then they jet ski behind, and then you have a pitchfork. And <laughs> and so when I saw Eric Young like, on a jet ski with a pitchfork trying to stab fish out of the air, he, I became a huge fan of his, and I've loved him ever since. But still, this is Owen Hart, who is, yeah, I... I while I don't have him quite on Brett's level, he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all the times. So clean sweep, Owen Hart moving on to the next round. I think after that fishing story, I want to switch my vote too. <laughs> all right, next matchup we got here, our first lady making an appearance here. We have Trish Stratus. And first lady, um, we have Natty. Oh, you're right. <laughs> My apologies. My apologies. See how forgettable she is, guys. <laughs> so Trish Stratus, uh, who we've talked about a, a lot on the show, Trish Stratus, and how how awful she was in the beginning to how great she is, uh, and how great she became, and how hard she worked at her craft. Taking on another guy who's had a very interesting career, very long career. I'm going to eat the page. <laughs> we're going we're going PCO here, Pierre Carl Olet, who's had a resurgence here in his fifties uh with Ring of Honor. Uh so Trish Stratus, PCO, Dave, who you got? PCO. Uh recently just watched him on GCW, which was was it horrible. I, I don't know if that's like really a compliment or not. <laughs> that's uh, what that's what I strive for when I was in the business. It's not you, bad. You were, you were great, Ron. I remember, I remember watching some of your stuff and and being awake for half of it. Uh, <laughs> See, not horrible. Um, PCO, what one of the Quebecers? Um, I don't know. He, he's so forgettable, man. He's like, the, the pirate. The yes. pirate. The, the uh, pirate that stole Bret Hart's jacket. Yeah, he had a good road with Red Hart. I have to say that. Um, Trish Stratus really kind of getting the uh, the divas over when they weren't over. Um, she had some good skill. 
she really wanted to, to be a, a worker in the ring. And I think she succeeded at that. Right with Trish. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think here, it, as much fun as it is for, you know, a guy to get over really kind of big with the wrestling fans for the first time in his 50s, uh, it, it's pretty cool, the, the story for PCO, and I'm glad we're talking about him today. But for me, I think Trish really cemented herself as one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. And, and from as bad as she, I mean, and she was the absolute worst wrestler I ever saw in her first couple of matches. To be in one of the better workers in the business, I, I go Trish Stratus. Ronald? Yes, clean sweep again. You know, you, you we saw her growth as a, as a talent from start to finish. And, you know, and, and it didn't get stale. Like, she went out on a high note. Like, you know, the, she went out at the peak of her, you know, want to say greatness, I guess. So, yeah, I got to go Trish, too. All right, moving on to the next matchup. Here we go. We've got <clears throat> Killer Kowalski taking on the Mountie, Ron. <laughs> yes, we're sticking with, you know, the Quebecers-ish. Um, yes. Yeah, Killer Kowalski. Love me some heart punch. He trained. Uh, he trained Triple H, so it's his fault. And, and Frankie Kazarian. Oh, well there yeah, you go. Yeah. Re- redemption. A uh, young Frankie Kazarian. Yeah. Not that Frankie Kazarian today. That Frankie Kazarian twenty years ago. Th- don't we feel old saying that? Yeah, I know, right? Man. I remember. I remember like. I remember like being at training one time, and he walked in with that just gorgeous hair and body, and I was like, okay, well, I should probably quit today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Killer Kowalski on this one because uh, I think we I think we need we need a little more uh, old school brethren in there. All right, and you know uh, the Mountie was fun. I think my fondest memory of the Mountie was the the jailhouse match with Bossman and him selling, getting locked up, and, and you know the big giant dude in the cell with him and the whole thing. You know, all Gaga and bullshit, um, and that was cool. And uh, and Johnny but, Polo, yeah, and Johnny Polo was great. The Quebecers were fun. You know, I like me some some uh, Jacques Rougeau there. Um, in fact, the best tag me- match I've ever seen in my life was the Rougeaus versus the Hart Foundation uh, from some of the old uh, Coliseum uh, days uh, at the LA. I got a bunch of uh, tapes from Bill Anderson from all the shows that he did in LA with WWF. And that match is just absolutely insane, and I've never seen a tag match come close to that. Um, but I mean, it's Killer Kowalski. He's fucking legend. He's awesome. Hall of Famer. Train Frankie. So good on him. I'm going Killer Kowalski. Dave. Man, Chalks Rago. The it was part of the original Montreal Screwjob. Did you guys know that? Yes. Yes. But that story was, was fun. The, the tag team, team belt and. Uh, they took him away, man. Another wrestler that never got what he deserved from WWF. You know what I mean? Let, let, let's put it that way, you know? Um, well, he, well, he did have the Intercontinental title run. I mean, you know, he got there. It's just, so I, I don't, Benetti. yeah, I just, I don't think Rougeau's on the same level as, you know, world championship material, but yeah. No, no. He did beat Hulk Hogan, though, clean in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, but you know, if a tree falls in the woods, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, and only Canadians are there to see it. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, they're too polite to spread the word. I, 
don't know what that means, but okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but Killer Kowalski, you, you can't really, you know, debate him and stuff. So, so it has to be Kowalski, man. All right, and then our my, the last matchup of the left side of the bracket. We are bracket. We are halfway done. Earthquake, the Canadian Earthquake, taking on Santino Morella. I know he didn't play Canadian on TV, but he is in fact Canadian, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll go first. Uh, Earthquake, Ronald. Um, Cobra, <laughs> Dave. The Cobra man. God damn it! <laughs> that was what Santino has done in his career has been way far more entertaining than Earthquakes. 100%. Oh, no. And that's oh, he was no. throwing in Volga, man. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, you, you could tell... Earthquake killed a snake and made snake burgers, guys. Yes. Nope. And you could tell You could tell by Cole's reaction he's even shaken up by the news. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, how do you, uh, how do you go through life and play Golga and a shark and then win against Santino Morella? Yeah, because it's even Santino. if we just threw in Santino, Santino material, yes, he still wins. Yes, oh, he, he beat Snooki. He debuted yeah. and became the Intercontinental Champion as a fan. He beat Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And then, like, dated Beth Phoenix before Edge did. Yeah. And then, like, you know, had a Sako Cobra off at the Royal Rumble against Mick Foley. Earthquake main event with Hulk Hogan. But Santino. <laughs> He beat an MMA fighter in his debut match for the Intercontinental title. A, Mar- Earthquake, a, a former Marine. If, if Earthquake, John Tinta, was a superhero, his superpower would be being friends with Hulk Hogan. The superpower <laughs> would be that he could do a drop kick at his size. <laughs> and he was a fantastic in-ring performer. Santino beats people with a sock. That's a superpower. And- Comedy bullshit moving on against a legitimate badass. Okay, whatever. Moving on, we are officially halfway through the first round of the bracket. I'm not gonna waste I'm not gonna waste my Darso on Earthquake. Rowdy, Rowdy the Piper taking on Bobby Rude. Uh Dave, I'll let you go first. Oh god, is this is this a serious matchup, man? Like, I mean we needed thirty two. Like, like, <laughs> I, I love Bobby Rude, man. Yeah. Roddy's fantastic. But to compare anyone with Roddy Piper, man, like, like that's insanity right there. That's insanity. It has to be Roddy Piper. It's got to be Roddy Piper. I, uh, I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I, I, clean sweep. I, I love Bobby Roode. Uh, I love the whole glorious thing. I think Bobby Roode's one of those guys that if if Vince would have seen what's there and put the machine behind him, he could be a main eventer at WrestleMania right now. But, uh, He's not, and he's definitely not Roddy Piper. So moving on, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, on to the next matchup. This one's fun because these are like two of the most, just the the greatest workers of their era Um, and one of the greatest minds in the history of professional wrestling. Pat Patterson taking on Sami Zayn, El Generico. So Pat Patterson or Sami Zayn, uh, Ronald. Yeah, this, this bracket's about to go banana. Uh, I love uh, I love Sami Zayn. I think uh, you know by by the scoreboard, I've definitely seen more matches of Sami Zayn than I have Pat Patterson. And the and the majority of the matches I've seen with Pat Patterson, he was a stooge and not the great Pat Patterson. Um, have you at least watched the match with Sergeant Slaughter? I've watched the match where he won the Intercontinental title. 
<laughs> the, the one that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> find find the street fight between Pat Patterson and Sarge at MSG. Please find it and watch it. I'll find it's it. Great. It's great. I'll find amazing. it. Amazing. All right. So uh, your vote. <laughs> my vote. My vote is Pat Patterson. By the okay. way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to let Dave go first. I got to think about this one a little more. Sammy Green, man. Uh, El Generico. Um, I go through periods where I love his work, and then I just don't like his work. Right now, I love his work. He's doing an incredible job. Um, everything he does right now is just magic, man. Um, Pat Patterson, man. He, he was a staple in the Attitude Era. You can't take that away from him. Yeah. First IC champion. Uh, incredible work rate. Um, he put so many boys like like in the spotlight in WF too. Um, I gotta go Pat Patterson on that one. Yeah. Plus, and I didn't even like touch on the fact that he's his fingerprints are all over some of the greatest matches ever that he's not yeah. even a part of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I for me. I, Okay, so here's my thing about El Generico. When I saw El Generico uh, on the Independence before he got signed, um, I, I'm not necessarily a, a, a fan of just work rate and spots and doing stuff, but El Generico can have the fastest-paced match I've ever seen in my life, and still everything finds meaning and is impactful and the way he sells and he does things, like even when he's moving a million miles an hour, it still is intense. And he never lot like he's the best I've ever seen at being able to just go and go and go and go and never stop and, and just constant movement and, and still have just a fantastic match and tell a story. But like it's Pat Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. And and like you you know, we're talking about the attitude era. The funny thing is like Pat Patterson and, and Briscoe at that point were basically about the same age as Chris Jericho, maybe even a little younger than Jericho is now. And and so we act like they were old as shit, but really they were the same age as all the legends that are still wrestling now. You know, and, and so, you know, good for them. They were they could still go. They had the highest rated segment in the history of Monday Night Raw. Like it's ridiculous that the Stooges versus the Mean Street Posse is the highest rated thing in the history of Monday Night Raw, but it fucking is. And you can't take that away from Pat Patterson. You can't take away the Royal Rumble from Pat Patterson, the Iron Man match, all that stuff. And then the tag team with Ray Stevens is just insane. If you can get your hands on any of those matches, go out of your way, ladies and gentlemen. Ray Stevens is criminally underrated. So queen, clean sweep, Pat Patterson moving on. All right. Edge versus Kenny Omega. Oh my Ronald. gosh, that is tremendous! It is tremendous. That's this one of those. The, that's one of those second the best round first round matches. Yeah, yeah. This is like one of those like, ugh. Who do you go with? Because there's like, every both of them have great arguments. Hmm. I'm opting out of going first this round. Okay. I have to think. I will. I will go first. I will go first. So. As we all know, I'm not a huge fan of Edgeward, uh, especially in the time period when he was act, you know, when he was there and active in the first run. Uh, he was not quite up to the standard 
and level of the other people around him at that time, he was not up there with Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Benoit and the others who were there in that era, yet he still got in the main events and got this big giant push. And uh, frankly, I think Christian is like twice the worker that Edge is. And so it really pissed me off that he got the push. But now that he's back in this current era, um, he's one of the best workers in the business currently. And there's just no way around that. The level of of talent is just, uh, well, what's expected of talent and what we have been conditioned to like over 30 years uh, is disappearing. And so Edge is brilliant at that. Um, But Kenny, and we both know I don't like Kenny Omega that much. I think Kenny's only as good as his opponent. So this is a fun one for me. But I think in this case, um, we know where Edge's career is basically going to end up. It's just about done. And and so I'm going to do a little bit of projecting here, thinking that Kenny Omega is going to surpass Edge in the long run. Um, and, you know, he has all the seven-star matches and shit. So I'm going to s- surprise everyone and go Kenny Omega. Dave? Whew. Yeah, this is kind of hard. Um, I've seen a lot of Omega, even though he started when I wasn't really watching wrestling. I went back and actually watched his stuff, which is actually really rare for me, as you know, because we did a podcast where <laughs> yes. Charles would yell at me because I didn't watch a lot of current stuff. Um, Kenny had a lot of great Japan stuff. Uh, everything he's done in Mexico was magic, and it was beyond just just wrestling. It was an experience. Um, the stuff he's been doing in AEW, though, I don't think it really held up to par with them. I agree. Um, Edge. I think Edge brings it no matter where he goes. Home soil, off home soil. Uh, wherever he works, he has a pretty solid match. And I love that consistency. So I do have to go with Edge. Yeah, Dave, that's what I've been basically saying. I think right now, you know, when Kenny's in New Japan... He had to do what they wanted him to do, and then he was great. And now he's left to his own devices. So we're seeing what Kenny thinks is great, and it's not so great. So it, it's hit or miss. It's very yeah. hit or miss. And I'm, I love that that the AEW audience loves it. And I love that it brings people joy. And I'm not going to steal that away from them like you and Jim Cornette <laughs> does do. Okay, <laughs> but I do have to go with it. All right, one-to-one, Ronald. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this, you know, uh, a lot. And I'm I'm a homer for both these guys. Uh, I, I, lo- I love Edge, you know, uh, before the before the return, after the return. And I've been uh, – I've watched Kenny Omega ever since he was on the rise, since entering the Bullet Club. And uh, I, I always disagree with the old guard with how Kenny's perceived because I've seen Kenny live – in the G1 climax both days and just see him have banger after banger after banger with guys who were less talented than him. Of course, the finals was him and Tomohiro Ishii, which was just the, one of the best matches I've ever seen witnessed live in my life. And, uh, but like, if this was the top, the, the, you know, the greatest Canadian superstar ever, uh, I probably would lean towards edge just because of the moments, the, the, the highlights, you know, the longevity, his, work now but as far as the possibilities and the fact that this is called the greatest canadian wrestler bracket 
Uh, I've seen a lot more crazy, awesome wrestling from Kenny than I have Edge. I think Edge is a perfect sports entertainer. Like, one of the best heels from the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, but that's that's who he is. He's a superstar to me. When I go back and want to watch some technical wrestling, Edge is not on the top of my list. But he's on the top of one of the... He's on the top of my list of the characters I, I liked. Uh, but since we're going wrestler, I'm going Kenny Omega. All right. Kenny Omega moves on to the next round. So here's a super fun one. Uh, bracket Buster, Abdullah the Butcher, Abdullah Ooh. the Bracket Buster, making a return to the brackets, a Canadian-born wrestler, Abdullah the Butcher, taking on Mad Dog Vashon. So this is going to be just a bloody brawl. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be entertaining, I think. Forks uh, everywhere. Gonna, yeah, it's going to last about six minutes, and I've got Abdullah the Butcher coming out on top. How about you, Ron? Oh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's worth repeating that Abby, like, dominates another bracket. You know, I I, he, I think he has every right to... <laughs> I think he has every right to dominate the the big man bracket, like he how he did, uh, which was still to this day a shocker amongst us. But uh, I think, just from the stories I've heard and the fact that he spawned, you know, uh, a guilty pleasure uh, crush of mine, Luna. Don't worry, we're going to be talking about her in a minute too. Good, good. <laughs> I, and, I, and just for the possibility of maybe them going at it, going at each other, I, I think I, I think I'm just going to go Mad Dog here. All right, the deciding vote to Dave Smith. Man, Abdullah Butcher, not only did he bring joy and inspiration to all those children, but he spread hepatitis to so many wrestlers <laughs> as well. Uh, um, Mad Dog was shy, man. So underrated. Uh, old school wrestler. Uh, great heart. Um, you, you won't hear anyone say that he wasn't a nice guy. And you gotta love that, hearing that from legends like that. Um, I wish that he would have more stuff out about him. I wish there were figures spread on the, the rack with just the Vashon. Because they deserve it. Um, talented. They understood the, the psychology. Um, but Abdullah, man. He was a force to be reckoned with, and he is now because he's at my vote. He's a fork to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah. Untotally intended. Yes. My goodness. He's going to do it again, isn't he, Cole? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not with his second-round matchup. I feel like we're pretty safe in Abby getting through the first round, showing up, putting out a good match, and then uh, probably losing the second round there. So that brings us to Chris Jericho. Taking on the innovator of the Canadian Destroyer, Petey Williams. Oh. Poor guy invented the greatest finishing move I've ever seen, and now I hate it. I don't want to see it ever again. I wish it would disappear, um, and only he was allowed to use it. But Chris Jericho, Petey Williams, Dave. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Jericho. Always have been. Um it's the early days, man. Um, getting the, the tapes, you know what I mean? Making copies of them. Uh, seeing his Smoky Mountain stuff, his Japan stuff. He's incredible. And uh, Petey Williams, 
love his work. I love what I've seen. But his big moments weren't when I was watching. So I have to go with Chris Jericho. Ronald? Yeah. Uh, you ever play, like, you know, I, I was really into Mortal Kombat. You ever play Mortal Kombat and then, like, someone comes over and they want to play with you. So you give them the second controller and they play. And uh, they just kick you in the shin 87 times and win. That's what the Canadian Destroyer is today. <laughs> it's the most spammed finishing move. Well, it's not even a fi- it's not even a finishing move. It's the indie headlock. Yeah. 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 And it's it's everywhere. Um. So it's it's Petey Williams' fault. But uh, <laughs> I can't hold that against him though, because man, oh. two thousand that that move is twenty years old this year. Two thousand two, yeah. it debuted, and it was still one of the coolest things I've ever seen at the time. And now it's just you know another day in the neighborhood in, in wrestling. Uh, but you know, even still saying that if you see it pulled off and you see a good sell, it still kind of grabs you. It's like one of those, it's the coolest, I think it's the coolest finisher ever made. It's not as iconic as some of the ones that, you know, (laughs) from other people, but as far as like, yeah, yeah, but, um, but yeah, if you, if you saw a stone cold Canadian destroy the rock, like, yes, come on now, (laughs) holy crap, those matches would be on another level. But you want to talk about Jericho? You're putting you're putting Petey Williams against Jericho in a Canadian wrestling bracket, and say what you want about his work today, which I still kind of like. Uh, there, there's, 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 uh, there's some head scratchers, but you know, I think you know once you reach a reach a certain age, you uh, you kind of you kind of have a mixed bag, and I think that's how you stay relevant. But going back to his earlier stuff, he has some of my favorite matches ever, uh, and. I got to go Jericho. Jericho-holic, old-school Jericho-holic to the max. Now, I am the, the funny thing is I'm not the biggest Jericho fan ever. Um, but when Oh, I, I remember. About, yeah, but when I talk about <laughs> objectively, I, I like for me, if I'm talking about who is the best at the overall spectrum of what professional sports entertainment wrestling is, there's really only four guys for me that belong in that conversation, and Jericho's one of them. So, like, you know, Petey Williams, great worker, um, but I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, mad that that we say he's not quite on Jericho's level because there's really only three guys in my book that are even close to being on Jericho's level, and I'm not the biggest Jericho fan, but objectively, as a wrestling observer, I'm like, yeah, Jericho is as good as Sean and Flair and Randy Savage. Like, it's those four guys that belong in who is the best at what we what we love in all of time. So Jericho's got to move on. So uh, an interesting one in doing my research here, finding out that Rocky Johnson is in fact a Canadian. Take it on, Kevin Owens. So this is an interesting one because we've got Rocky Johnson, the father of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and, you know, Kevin Owens. So <clears throat> I think I'll start this one. Um, you know, Rocky Johnson was a, was a, a trailblazer. He's one of those, you know, first African-American tag team champion, uh, at a made for a major, major company. Um, but I, I just, there's not enough of his work out there to really kind of compare to what Kevin Steen slash Kevin Owens has done over the last 15 years. And so for me, I got to have Kevin Owens going forward. Ron? Yeah, I'm, I'm- 
same for me. I, you know, Dave, I, I think you were there, but uh, I remember one of the w, the WPW shows we did where uh, immediately after that, Gary Yap had his promotion there, Epic Pro oh. <laughs> or 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 War. It was one of the it was one of those two, and uh, they had a show immediately after WPW, and I remember Kevin Steen was on it, and I remember just being blown away because this guy was just like you know just a pale white chubby kid. And he was doing the highest spots, you know, that a kid with washboard abs was doing. And I was just like blown away. And uh, and he was like less than nothing then. And then the PWG stuff happened, and then ROH happened, and then look at him today, 2015. He didn't look like the 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 WWE wrestler, and he debuts against the GI Joe uh, t- typical looking professional wrestler John Cena, and then beats him in his debut match, clean in the middle. And I just thought going forward, like, yes, the, like this type of wrestler is accepted. And, you know, you, you know, unfortunately you see, you see a drastic uh, version of Kevin Owens today. You know, if you're going to look like that, you better be as talented as Kevin Owens and not a lot are <laughs> a lot of, a lot of the guys today use him as an excuse to not go to the gym, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're talking wrestling. We're talking talent. I'm going Kevin Owens here. Dave. Kevin Owens, trained by the Mountie, actually. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Vince wanted Kevin Owens to take over the Mountie gimmick. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I think would have been a really awesome thing for <laughs> to do. Um, I love his mic work. I love his ring work. But I also love Rocky Johnson. There, there's not much out there. But he did uh, do a lot of trailblazing stuff for the business. Um, mainly having a son named The Rock. <laughs> um, i got to go Kevin Owens. Because I'm not going to win anyways if I say Rocky Johnson. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to do that sweep. apple. Clean sweep. So, uh, you know, we got, we're down to the final two matchups here. Rugged Ronnie Garvin, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, take it on the patriarch of the Hart family, Stu Hart. Ronald, who you got here? I'm going to I'm going to say Stu Hart immediately, but it's not be, it's not because I don't know Ronnie Garvin. Uh I actually watched a couple of Ronnie Garvin matches and I thought like that dude was like so brutal. Uh I think Right. right. He uh specifically his match with Ric Flair at one of the Starcades. Uh, they had yeah. a ca- they had a cage match where like every chop just got worse and worse and worse. And it's a flare match, and, and it, it's the only time where I've seen a flare match uh, where like the victim of the chops were flare. Yes, <laughs> and it was it was so brutal. I thought like the guy like put me on the edge of my seat with just his striking ability, even for a wrestler in the eighties. Uh, for let, me, let me let before you make your final official vote. Let me just say this and see. L- l- just just ponder it for a second before you vote. Ron Garvin versus Walter. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> right, but uh, but there is no Walter anymore. Yeah. Okay. Gunter. Gunter. <laughs> Gunter versus Garvin. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Ronnie Garvin, as brutal as he was, I think like we have Stu to thank for all the greatness that this bracket has, <laughs> and uh, I and just for the possibility of maybe uh, you know him fighting one of his sons in this bracket, we could talk about it. You could uh, 
we can see him stretch a few guys on his way to the finals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going Stu Hart. Dave? Stu Hart. I've never seen a match of his. Um, yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, it's it's not something that that's there. Um, yeah, you have to go back to the very early '80s in the late '70s to find a Stu Hart match. So, yeah, even then you can't really find. Yeah, because most of his stuff is from the '50s and '60s, and he has yeah. spot matches here into the into the '80s, but that's about it. So from that, I have to go. Besides seeing him get beat up on. WWF, right? I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Stu Hart here because I, I have seen a little bit of his work. I mean, like, like we said, there's just not a lot out there. That's, that's always the hard thing about talking about guys that were big in the fifties and sixties. It's like, there is video, it does exist, but it's hard to come by and, and there's just not a lot of it. So you can't see, you know, dozens of their matches with different opponents and really get a fair assessment of how good a worker they were. Um, but for the legacy that Stu has created, I think just that in and of itself and the quality of wrestlers he churned out of, of, of Calgary there we just, and creating the Calgary style of wrestling, I, I have to go Stu Hart because... It's my favorite style of wrestling that that's out there. I like the Calgary style even a little bit better than Japanese wrestling because I think it incorporates everything, whereas Japanese wrestling, they're getting better at this point. New Japan has incorporated American style and the, in the theatrics a little more, um, which I think is a big part of wrestling. Um, so I'm just, I got to go with the Calgary style. Plus, they invented the ladder match. So I don't know if that's a positive or negative at this point in the business, but... Uh, there have been some great ones. So Stu Hart moving on. And the final match of our first round, and we're running a little long on time, but this is great. This is the only uh, ladies matchup here. We've got Luna Vashon taking on Gail Kim. Ronald, you already spoke about Luna Vashon, so I'm going to let you go first here. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about wrestler... Uh, technical wrestler, I, I probably would go Gail Kim, but I just learned that she's Canadian this morning. So, yeah. <laughs> I at least knew Luna was Canadian, uh, and I've already alluded to the fact that I had a guilty pleasure crush on her when I was a kid that nobody else shared. Um, so I'm going Luna Vachon. I'm so glad that there's a documentary about Luna out there now, um, and I'm so glad they featured a lot of her, her work. Um, because she really was a good worker, but she wasn't like the classic, like technical wrestler. She was like one of those people that made it look real. And like Gail Kim is a great worker. I love Gail Kim's work. Um, and she's super polished and everything is fantastic. And uh, she likes my sister and she went out of her way to get my try to get my sister jobs here and there too. So, you know, with that in mind, I still, I think, it's hard to get rid of, you know, your childhood enjoyments. So I'm still going to give Luna Vachon the edge here. So we got two for Luna and Dave. Uh, why don't you weigh in on this matchup here? I think Luna is one of those wrestlers that never got the proper stage for her talent. Never. Um, never did. If she was around today, 
at that age with that work rate, yeah. with that talent. She'd be the promos and the realism and everything, yeah. Bro, look, look at, like, just, like, that's how she, like, did this or get it. Like, no other female than that, like, right now. Um, she went above and beyond. She just started forward just to get the voice down. Um, when I saw that dark side of the ring, man, it brought me to tears because she deserves so much more. And I think if yeah. Sable wasn't there standing in her way, she would have got a lot more out of the WWF. Um, I got a little loon on that one. Just talent-wise character-wise, just everything. And she's a legacy, and I love that. All right, so that's it. The first round is completed. Uh, next show, we will be able to go through the rest of the bracket because there's as many matches left as the first round. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us for part one and uh, uh, rejoining us for part two. Um, oh, it's a Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll definitely have you back again, bud. This is great. We'll tell some more wrestling stories. We're running a little long on time. So, Ron, you got anything to add for today's episode? Two Darso's are still on the table, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So look forward to that next week when we finish, when we bring you part two of the greatest Canadian wrestlers of all time bracket. Uh, for Ron and for Dave, the Tiger Man Smith, I am Cole Dawson saying thank you. We love you and good night. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.